This episode of The Minimalist is brought to you by nobody, because advertisements suck. The Minimalists. <laughs> Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I'm Ryan Nicodemus. And together we are the minimalists. Today we're going to talk about owning less. We're going to talk about wanting less. We're going to talk about decluttering physical and digital spaces. We're going to talk about more about less. Mm. Got a lot to talk about today. A lot of questions to answer. And we're here with Ronald L. Banks. Ron, thanks for joining wow, us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is exciting. It's great to have you, man. First time in LA. So I'll this is your Look, first time in LA? First time here. Oh. First time here. Even though it's during the pandemic, some of like our favorite restaurants are still open. I, I, wrote, I wrote down four for him. Yeah. Oh, there's how long are yeah. you guys in town? Tomorrow morning. Okay. Yeah. So we have this afternoon to explore. All right. You see. got at least two meals. You yeah. Have at least 5,000 calories. <laughs> right. Exactly. Over these four restaurants that I'm going to oh, recommend. Wow. Perfect. Uh, oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Ron, I really like your YouTube channel. That's why you're here today. Thank I, you. You do a Thank great you. job with, yeah. um, with your videos. We'll be talking more about your videos. I do want to encourage folks to check it out. We'll put a link to your channel in the show notes or you can just go to YouTube type in Ronald L. Banks you'll find all of his minimalism videos there also some poetry videos uh, which we can talk about uh, in fact I want to talk specifically about some of your videos mm -hmm. I, I want to go into yeah. detail on some of those we'll get to those but this is a listener driven show so I figured we start out with some questions our first question is from Chris in Fort Collins Colorado I have a two-part question. One is, what criteria do you use uh, to make new purchases? And the second question is, what is your opinion on upgrading things that you currently own to, you know, something that you think would make you happier or something like that? Now, Ron, I want to get your, your thoughts on this, but here are some things. I'll just set it up like this because I have some definitive answers for this. Quite often, people will call in and they'll ask a, a rather esoteric question and we have to try to you know, work through it. But we've already written about this quite a bit. But here's, here's the simple answer for the first part of Chris's question. How, how do you decide, how do you be more intentional with your purchases? There are five questions that Ryan and I ask before we buy something. And I'll go through those questions real quick. It's, uh, can I afford to part with this money? And so I, I think, can I afford the thing, right, mm -hmm. is, is a question. You know, obviously, if I have to put it on a credit card, I can't afford the thing. If I have to finance it, I, I can't afford the thing. Mm -hmm. And I know some people are like, well, what about a, a car? I got to, okay, if you have to, by definition, if you have to finance something, you can't afford it. Because right. right. if you could afford it, you would just pay cash. Right. You, <laughs> you would buy the thing, yeah. right? So, so that's the first question. The second question is, can I pay the actual cost? Remember that the true cost of a thing is well beyond the price tag. So storing the thing, mm -hmm. cleaning the thing changing the batteries or the oil in the thing, putting gas in the thing, the electricity for the thing, the, the, the space that it takes up in your mind. All of these things are additional costs that we don't think about because we see the, you know, the, the item we want to buy and it's like, oh, it's 50 bucks. Right. But it's not 50 bucks. 
it's it's so much more than that because you have to worry about it. You have there's the psychological cost or all these other costs. Will it add value to my life? Is the next question. And, and really, when, when when we say will it add value, will it serve a purpose or bring me joy? Now you can justify anything, so you can pretend something's really going to serve a purpose or bring you joy. But you have to be honest with yourself mm-hmm. with some of these things because otherwise, we'll just let anything in, mm-hmm. right? Um, the fourth question is, what are the alternatives and I think sometimes we, we don't even think about that what what else can I do with this money right so if I'm gonna spend a hundred dollars on a shirt is that the best use of, of this money and then finally can I get by without it for a while I think it's one of the, the the messages of minimalism here is if you didn't need it five minutes ago maybe you don't need it now <laughs> and and so uh, Maybe I'll, I'll just wait a little bit. And we have another. We have a rule called the thirty thirty rule. If we if it costs more than thirty bucks, maybe I'll wait thirty hours. It just try to put some time between myself and the purchase, so I'm not making the the impulse purchase. So Chris, if you want, um, we have a, a a wallpaper for your phone, so you can have all five of those questions right there on your phone. Anytime you go to make a purchase, you're standing in line somewhere. It's free over at theminimalistscom slash wallpapers. Uh, but I do want to talk about this this idea of upgrading with mm-hmm. you, Ron. Um, and, and so, cause I know you've talked about this in the past, but what are your thoughts on, on upgrades? Oh, it's a good question. Uh, personally, I don't upgrade much of anything. I'm still rocking the iPhone six. So <laughs> if you ask mo- most of the iPhone fans, I'm well behind the eight ball on that one. But I think when it comes to upgrades or purchasing in general, um, I try to look at it from a perspective of who am I buying this for? Mm. Am I buying it for me or the other people? So yeah. a big thing for me of why I started this journey was kind of get away from the idea of comparison and doing things for other people. I talked about in my content how I had this persona that I let go of, this Mr. Smooth persona that uh, was given to me in high school, and that came with a lot of uh, additions of physical clutter, the mental clutter, emotional clutter, yeah. things that I would just hold on to because, one, I didn't know how to let it go, but, two, just trying to uphold this vision or this standard of other people had for me. So um, for me, you know, the question is who am I buying this thing for? So am I buying it for me or am I buying it for those that think I need to have it or those that also have it? Isn't it funny, though, because we do that to impress other people, right. but usually they don't even care. They don't. We just they think don't. they do, right? They don't. And, that, and that, that's, that's the, the irony of it all is because we look for validation out of our friendships, mm-hmm. our relationships, but then most times those friendship relationships aren't genuine. They're just based on the things we own. So if you don't have those things, you don't have those relationships. Yeah. So I think you need to build those first and allow what you need in your life to be what you need in your life. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting. Uh, you mentioned the validation. I was having this conversation the other day and there's actually a video you talk about how uh, you kind of created this, um, the, the, the urge to live a simple life. And uh, we'll probably get to that later, but the validation, when we look at uh, our friends, when we look at uh, our neighbors or the Joneses, we're looking for validation in the wrong place. Like we, we first have to validate ourselves. Like that internal validation, that is what matters. And if we don't have that, it's never going to be enough yep. from anywhere else. Yep. But I'll tell you what, though, I still have the I have, I've got the five S, which I think came out after the six. So you're still like one one. You, <laughs> you're still more minimalist than me. Wait, when why was the five S come out out after the six? I don't know, but I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it did. But <laughs> okay. uh, but any but anyway, um, uh, I was using that I was using that five S, and someone was they saw me use it. They're like, oh, I love that you have that old iPhone. So if you hold on to it long enough, it actually becomes right. The six after. Yeah. I think the other thing to add to that is, is we kind of you talked about validation, and there's a piece of my content I talk about the reality check that simple living and decluttering gives us. 
And there's a question that I always pose. I say, who would you be if you had nothing but yourself in the mirror in front of you? Mm. So if you had none of the the excessive clutter or the things or the newest phone or the mm-hmm. the you know the shoes the clothes just you in the mirror who would you be? Yeah. And if yeah. you can't answer that question, then you're using those things to define yourself. Yeah, it doesn't matter what you buy. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter what you, vacation then, you go on. Yeah. yeah, if you can't look at yourself in the mirror, then yeah, why does it matter? Yeah, right. And and I mean, I still get roasted all the time for our, our documentary minimalism. If you see my apartment in there, there was I own next to nothing at the time. Now I was a single guy at the time, and and, and when we filmed that, and so things were, were a little bit different. You know, I have a family now, and mm-hmm. and that requires different things as our life changes. And what I realized whenever, even now, it's like during the pandemic, they're like, I bet those, those minimalist guys, they're really regretting getting rid of all their stuff. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, I really miss the broken waffle iron, yeah. right? And the uh, old bowling trophies. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know you bowled. Oh, yeah, me either. <laughs> I bought the bowling trophies from Goodwill. Um, and, and so, like, I, I don't. What I realized there is like, oh, like what they're saying is they would miss the things. And if so, that's mm-hmm. fine. I'm not I'm not here proselytizing. I don't want you to get rid of something. If you're completely contented by the status quo, then of course, don't don't deprive yourself of things. But maybe you can temporarily remove some things from your life for that short period of time and realize like, oh, maybe the things I thought were adding value to my life are actually getting in the way of the things that will add value mm-hmm. to my life. Mm-hmm. Chris, I'm going to send you a copy of our free ebook. It's called uh, The Minimalist Rulebook, 16 Rules for Living with Less. And one of those rules is the don't upgrade rule. And we talk about some of the, sometimes you, if you do have to upgrade, there are three ways you can, you can sort of go without, you can repair it or you replace it. And so we talk about that don't upgrade rule. There are also some other rules in there that will really apply to you. The 30-30 rule, the 20-20 rule, the 90-90 rule and a bunch of others. That's free over at theminimalists.com slash rulebook. I hope you enjoy that, Chris. Can you men think of anything that you've upgraded that you were like, I'm so glad I upgraded this? Because I'm like really trying to find mm. that exception. It depends. So let's talk about time frames real quick. So so I think in the moment, usually the answer to that is yes. Like mm. if you go, yeah. if I were to go to the Apple store right now and they give me the iPhone 13 or whatever the new right, thing right. is, in the moment, I'm going to be like, yes. That new box, there's something about that yeah. new box. Yeah. Like taking off the shrink wrap. like yeah. Right. And, but that's, that's, that, that's the dopamine speaking. Right. But as soon as I walk out, it instantly begins to diminish mm-hmm. and a day later it might still be there but it has f- been fleeting for an entire 24 hours a month two months six months later it's like oh i don't even care about this right yeah. and then two years later it's like oh this stupid old phone and, and and so i think it really depends on on the time frame you're, you're talking about usually i i think that 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 sort of Consumer high does not last far past the checkout line. Yeah. You could tweet that podcast, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> we got a question here from Eric in Seattle, Washington. I kind of uh, find it surprising that uh, the digital environment is treated as a bit of a panacea junk drawer uh, that you can scan anything and toss it into the uh, into the cloud. Uh, but I feel like it creates a lot of mental baggage for me to just know it's out there and. Uh, Wondered if you had any tips, tricks, practices, uh, best practices on how to appropriately manage the bloating space of digital content in our digital world. So, Ron, you talk about digital minimalism. And I do think this is something that 
a lot of people are troubled with, especially when they start dealing with the stuff. I think we're most troubled by the physical things because they take up space, they, they, they take up money, they take up time and attention. But as we start clearing that, that physical clutter, we realize that that is a physical manifestation of other things that are going on in our life. So it could be mental clutter, spiritual clutter, but it's also digital clutter. Mm-hmm. And so you've, you've tackled digital clutter. Yes. What, what, what do you talk to people about? I think to answer his question of why you know we tend to have so much of the digital things saved to the cloud is because of the, how easy it is to do it. You know, it's it's easy to hit save, easy to hit upload, mm-hmm. and when something's easy, we don't think think about doing it. Yeah. It becomes second nature. Mm-hmm. You just hit the button, and now it's gone. Yeah. And then you don't. And then because it's not physical, it's not sitting in front of you. It's not tangible. You can't touch it. You can't see it. Then you forget about it. Mm-hmm. So I think we have to first take a step back and and, and and analyze ourselves and figure out why we tend to do things so easily. And then two, it, does any of those digital things, whether it's images, you know, songs, whatever it is, do they also have an emotional attachment to us mm-hmm. of some sort? Because it could be old family members, it could be mom, dad, grandparents. And because the cloud is easy to save to, we just throw it there, oh, I know I still have it, but I forget that it's there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest piece that we have to overcome is the easy, how easy it is to do it and then remembering that it's still there. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, I, I, to me, just personally, I don't think digital clutter is as troublesome as, as physical clutter. And here's why. If you are able to, to put together, and I, th- I think it's more troubling for most people because, as you said, they make it easy, mm-hmm. but they don't necessarily make it simple. Right. And so it's just like, I'll scan everything. I'll just throw it in the cloud somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, you have this, this orgy of content that that is like I don't even know what's out there anymore. I've just all I've scanned it. I've I've uploaded. I've saved. I've downloaded. And I just put it in the folder. And you open the folder, and it's just chaos, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's easy, but it's not simple. Simple would be curating mm-hmm. that. And and so what I do is I just every file that I I, I save, I name it appropriately. So if, I'll give you an example. Um, with photos, Ryan and I have just been going through a bunch of childhood photos because uh, of our next uh, film. We we talk a little bit about the time that we we met in the fifth grade. We were the, literally the two fattest kids in the fifth grade, <laughs> and uh, we've actually found some pictures. And I I think that kid would totally kick my butt today. Um, <laughs> uh, the the fifth grade version of myself. He was yeah. certainly bigger than me. Yeah. Um, well, that, that mullet it was very intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I totally had a Uh-oh. mullet. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's so sad. Anyway, um, yeah. So stay tuned to that. Our next, our next Netflix film will have uh, incriminating evidence of both of us. Yeah. No, and, I like what you're talking about though, about having a system. With right. It. And, and so the system, uh, the system I have is is a simple system. It, it it does. You don't have to overly complicate this thing. But whoever's in the photo and the year. So mm-hmm. if it was uh, Josh, Ryan, and Sean in 2019 that's what the the photo will say it'll also often have a place that we were at too so it's like uh josh mom pool 1984 or whatever and and so it's just enough so i have enough information that i can search for those things and and then for me if i digitize something that is actually a way for me to let go as long as i have organized it appropriately mm-hmm. now just organizing for the sake of organizing is is troubling you've talked about yeah. this but um, if we if we organize things carefully 
if we do so with intention, what that does is it gives me permission to have that out there because you're never going to, the same way you're never going to reach the end of the internet. I wouldn't be worried about all the stuff you have in the cloud. The same way I'm not worried about like, oh my God, I'm never going to, I'm never going to finish reading Wikipedia. Right. Well, no, duh. Right. Of course you're not. That's not the intention, but it's there if you ever need to access it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like how uh, he likens the, the digital world to a junk drawer because oh yes because yeah, if, if we treat it like that uh -huh. then of course it's going to stress mm -hmm. you out and you know josh what you're talking about is a very simple approach to our digital lives but simple is not easy yep. and so having this especially if you have a junk drawer right now of all these all these digital assets whatever you want to call them it's going to take some time to filter through those mm -hmm. i mean it might take you a day or a mm -hmm. week or a month but you know you, if you are experiencing this mental distress over your did, uh, over your cloud, the stuff you have in there, then you've got to come up with a plan to simplify that. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think I think to add to that too is also understanding that that process is going to take time. Yeah. It's not going to happen overnight. And mm -hmm. I think we get so overwhelmed because we want the clutter to be gone now, right yeah. now, right now. That, so he's looking at the cloud culture. and he's feel he feels overwhelmed by the cloud because mm -hmm. it's like I want to delete this, I want to organize it, but I want it done now. Yeah. yeah. It's going to take time to go through those thousands of photos or songs or videos, or whatever it is. So you have yeah. to be understand be gentle with yourself that's going to take time to go through those things but like you said find a system of organization that works for you and how, and the things that you want to keep 100 yeah. percent. i it, mean think about how much time it takes to to uh collect all those photos yeah. and songs i mean it's yeah it didn't happen overnight right right exactly so so the last thing that i'll talk about here is you know what's fascinating to me is yes we worry about these things and we want to hold on to everything and so often we we digitize it I digitize it for the opposite reason. As I said a, a moment ago, I digitize so I can let go. No longer do I have to have 2,000 CDs. I have functionally infinite music in my pocket. You now. mean 2,000 CDs and cassettes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and alphabetized. Yeah. So in high school, Josh was like, he was OCD in high school just like he is now. Yes. But every time he would buy an album, he would get it on cassette and on CD. Yeah. <laughs> I literally spent all the money from the restaurant I worked at just to buy cassettes and CDs. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty terrible. But yeah, because like your yeah your stereo your car stereo would play cassettes. Yeah, but then you're like, I really need the new Silk the Shocker album. <laughs> On cassette. <laughs> All right. Oh, um, but I, I digitize things so I, I can let go. And, and what I mean by that is you also have to realize that if all of it were to go away, I think that's the ultimate minimalism mm. is realizing that I'm okay if all of it were to be deleted. I love that question. Like what if it all spontaneously combusted? Yeah. What would you do right now? Yep. And like your, your feeling to that answer really lets you know how important those right. things are to you. Like, I'll tell you, this documentary we're doing, like Matt's looking for some photos, and I don't have a ton of stuff from high school. In fact, he sent me a text a couple days ago, and he was like, hey, man, I need a picture from when you're a fat little fifth grader. I could find, I found one. My dad had some of them, but his house burnt down last year. Mm -hmm. And I was a little, you know, a little let down. I'm like, oh, man, I wish I could give him more of a variety of pictures to choose from for the documentary. But, you know, you don't need childhood photos for this documentary to be right. great. I mean, it might, it, it We'll add value, like I'm, I'm certain of that, uh, to, to show people what Josh and I look like in the fifth grade. But ultimately, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not that upset about it. And, and just because something adds value doesn't mean you won't be okay without it. And I think mm -hmm. that's what ultimately we need to realize yeah. is like if, if all of these things that are digitized, they, they, should, they should add value. They should make my life better in some way. But I should also be okay if, it all, if, the, if our website was deleted, if our entire podcast archive was deleted. 
I would be upset about that mm -hmm. in the moment, but I would also be able to step back and, and not be traumatized by it. Mm -hmm. And I think that ability to let go actually makes the, the digitizing a lot better for us. It, it makes it it makes it so that it makes it so that we can let go in a way. Mm -hmm. Well, Eric, I'm gonna send you a couple things here. Let me give you a copy of our book essential it's an essay collection here i'll hold it up for the youtube folks it's 150 essays about living intentionally there are 12 different areas of intentional living and one of those has to do with our technology so there's an entire chapter in here about technology if you like our podcast you'll really like the audio book version of essential it's over six hours long or if you want the the book book or the ebook version we're happy to send those to you as well and also since you're in seattle we're headed out on tour pretty soon and we're coming to seattle and a bunch of other cities theminimalistscom slash tour for anyone who is interested even if we're not coming to a city near you put in your email address there we'll never send you spam but we will let you know when we're coming to a city near near you but eric we're going to send you a couple of tour tickets as well to that event we're gonna do a live podcast We'll have a special guest, maybe even a musical guest, etc. Hope you enjoy that tour stop. Ryan, what time is it? You know what time is it? <laughs> you know what time it is? <laughs> you know what time is it? It's time for our lightning round where we answer your text messages, text your questions and comments to 937-202-4654. Yes, indeed. Those texts go to both of our phones, and we personally respond to as many as we can. Now, Ron, during the lightning round, this is where Ryan and I and our guests, we do our best to answer questions with a short, shareable, less than 140-character response. Okay. Uh, mine today is actually about 280 characters. <laughs> I was looking at that. I'm like, you took the, you took advantage of the new Twitter rules. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, really, we just we ramble on a bit until we find something that is pithy enough for Sean to put in the show notes so people can copy and share our pithy answers on social media. So we got a question here from Mahmood. As a minimalist, is there any area in life where you allow for more rather than less? Now, Ron, I'm going to give this to you. I'm just going to tee it up with my pithy answer and you tell me what you think. This is uh, an excerpt from, I believe it's somewhere, uh, one of our essays. Minimalists don't focus on having less, less, less. They focus on making room for more, more time, more passion, more creativity, more experiences, more contribution, more contentment, more freedom. Clearing the clutter creates room for the intangibles that make life more rewarding. And so I really think minimalism is in many ways about more, right? It, we often think of uh, as this, this vector for less, and that's true, but but it's what are we going to fill our life with after that, right? Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think minimalism is not living without; it's living with everything you need. Mm. And I think when we step back and tweet that podcast, John. <laughs> yeah, that's great. When we step back and ignore the less or more statements in this and look at the word enough, then it becomes about us. Mm. So, what is enough for you? It's not about how much do I consume of this or how less do I consume of that. Is how much do I consume that becomes enough for me? Mm -hmm. So, I think if he ignores. The, his question of what what do you get more of in life? I think and just look at what would be enough for me in my situation in my life. Then I think he's going to find the answer he's looking for. So for me, I don't I don't get more of anything. I just get enough of everything I want mm. or everything and that I need. Changes over mind. time, right? Yep. So so as your preferences change, maybe your interests change, your hobbies yep. change, your desires change. Yep. Um, even our impulses will change. And, and so we become different people over time, not radically different necessarily, but 10 years from now, you're going to be different from how you are today. And so identifying what is enough, what is enough today could be too much tomorrow. Yep. So we have to be willing to let go 
a day from now, a week from now, a month from now, a year from now. Yeah. I think that's why it's a, this sort of continual process. Mm-hmm. You don't get there to where, all right, I've got enough, and now life is perpetually perfect. Yep. It doesn't work that way. And I think, I think another thing I want to say is, to add to that, I kind of look, de- look at decluttering. Instead of going to, uh, approaching it from a perspective of, okay, I'm going to declutter today, and then wait a week, then I'm going to have another massive declutter a week from now. I kind of look at it from the perspective of decluttering as I live. Mm. So anytime I come across an object or a thought or a digital thing that I no longer need or find value in, I deal with it in that moment. So if it's a thought, I figure, okay, why am I having this negative thought or this positive thought and how can I approach it or how can I get rid of it? Yeah. If I come across a piece, a shirt or, or some jeans that I no longer wear, mm-hmm. it goes right into a basket by our front door and then it goes to Goodwill at the end of the week. So I, I think if you look at it from a perspective of decluttering as you live, and then another thing I want to say is when you think about the idea of more, um, I, I always say in my content that you know different phases in life require different things and necessities. Mm-hmm. So just like you said, things are going to change. It's always going to be fluid, and and so you have to be able to change with life. And you know, I'm thinking through some of the pieces that I say in my content. I, I always try to entwine poetry somehow, and I say that uh, change is going to happen regardless if you're ready to it or not. Mm-hmm. It just depends on how you move with it determines how it's going to happen in your life. Yeah. So if you're rigid in your life change is going to happen no matter around you. Uh-huh. So then you're going to feel the, f- the effects of that. Yeah. But if you're fluid with it, and when change happens, then you're moving, bend with it, and adapt as you're, as you're supposed to. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the biggest mistakes uh, I've seen people make with minimalism is they look at it as a destination. Yep. We get questions a lot where we're like, oh, I've got rid of everything. Now what? <laughs> and now I'm not happy. Right, like, now right. I'm not happy. <laughs> like, now what? It's like... That's the same thing as I bought the thing, why am I not happy? Yep. Yeah. Thinking the, the accomplishment, the task, the completion, and I get it, uh, especially people like me. I'm a, I'm a bit of a completist by nature, but also realizing that like that destination is not going to make you happy. When I write a book, it's not the publication that makes me happy. It's the joy of the process. Mm-hmm. Ryan and I have spent the last two and a half years on this next book that we're working on called Love People Use Things. And and. You have to remember to, to stop and enjoy that because when the book comes out, it's great that people get value from it, but the real joy comes from from the actual creation of the thing. Right. Yeah. And, and I like what you said, how people look at minimalism as the end, the end thing. Mm-hmm. And I like to say that minimalism is a, is a tool, not the end result. Yeah. So you think about life, you think about building a house, you have to lay the foundation first. And the foundation comes from our emotions and our mindset, so dealing with those things. And then when you add minimalism to the mix, it's just a tool to help you build your life. It's not the end goal. So that's why it looks different for everyone. Yeah. So your tool could be a hammer. Your tool could be a chainsaw. Mm-hmm. Mine could be a screwdriver. Mm-hmm. It just yeah. depends on how we make those tweaks in our life using the tool of minimalism. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, th- I think whenever you give up something, you're gaining something else. Yep. I mean, even I think of like a monk who gives up everything, right? their hair. Mm-hmm. They give up all their possessions. Like they're gaining silence. Right. They're gaining time to use however they want, meditate, whatever it is. So... Uh, it's when you're when you're getting rid of things, when you're getting rid of the excess, you're you're gaining more in some other way. Mm-hmm. Uh, my pithy answer is this, y'all: more <clears throat> more freedom is more empowering than more stuff. There's my more 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 answer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's finding that 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 right more because also what you said a moment ago, Ryan, is is true. When you give up something, you get something. But when you get something, purchase something you often give up something. Mm. You give up a piece of your freedom. Yeah. And, and so it's like, hey, is this cup of cof- coffee worth $2 of my freedom? Is this Toyota Corolla brand new worth $30,000 of my freedom? Like, How many hours do I have to work 
in order to buy the thing that takes me to work. Yeah. Um, it, it, all of a sudden, when you start thinking about it in terms of not currency, but a different kind of currency, what am I actually giving up to get this thing? And sometimes the answer is going to be yes, this is worth my $2 of freedom or $10 or $100 or whatever. Mm-hmm. But making that, that decision intentionally as opposed to, well, I guess it's $5 and I've got five bucks. That's not the most deliberate use of your money. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, we got a whole bunch more to talk about. I do want to talk to you, Ron, about um, some, some specific things we can do with respect to decluttering. We're going to get into that. Uh, we've got some listener tips as well today and our added value segment. But first, it looks like we've got a bunch more surprise questions this week. Like, how do you practice digital decluttering? So we're going to get specific on some of the things that you do, Ron, uh, in terms of digital decluttering. Also, how can we make meaningful purchases based on style and quality? Is there any stuff you found you truly need but wish you didn't need? Is there a Marie Kondo method for social media? (laughs) (laughs) Talk about that. Also, uh, the only thing I overindulge in is books. Please help me. That's a question that someone had here uh, or a statement, I suppose, a cry for help. Uh, Also, 15 ways to simplify your life plus a million more questions about minimalism for Ronald L. Banks. And if you want to hear all that, check out our Maximal episode this week on the Minimalist Private Podcast. It's a completely separate podcast and it's just two bucks and it's the most honest way for the minimalist to earn an income because, you know, we don't believe in advertisements. We think advertisements suck. So we make money if and only if you find value in what we create and support what we create. Head on over to theminimalists.com slash support to subscribe and get a personal link so that our private podcast plays in your favorite podcast app. Ryan, what else you got for us this week? Here are some voicemail comments and tips from our listeners. Check them out. Hi, this is Emily McDermott from Fairfax, Virginia. And this is in response to episode 245, where Ryan was mentioning that he was having difficulty donating to Goodwill. I've had a lot of success with buying nothing groups and have been able to get rid of clothes that way to neighbors of mine that can use it. And that might be a good option while the donation centers are closed. Hi, my name is Michelle, and I'm calling to answer a question asked on episode 97, Side Hustle, from Jean from Sacramento. She mentioned moving into a tiny house and the accoutrements that come along with the life-sustaining hobby of cooking. She asked, when you cook, how long does it take you and what do you make? In our family, my husband and I range from cooking from 20 minutes to hours and even days for some of the recipes. I really wanted to call because my husband and I dream of having a tiny house someday with half of it being the kitchen. So I had several recommendations for Jean. First was uh, kitchen supplies. Alton Brown's book, Gear for Your Kitchen, was really helpful for me. Um, He's very critical of what he refers to as unitaskers or tools that only do one job. Second is a subscription to America's Test Kitchen Online. If you're shopping for stuff, they have really helpful reviews, and they've tested everything very thoroughly. Um, then for minimalist cooking, the Brothers Green Eats on YouTube has brief, well-made videos, and in the early episodes, they're cooking in a small apartment kitchen, so that may be helpful to you. Lastly, I would advise considering how everything will work together. Uh, for example, my husband has been pining after an induction cooktop. If we were getting one for a tiny house, I would keep our pressure cooker and eliminate our rice cooker. Um, maybe invest in a pan that would nest in the pressure cooker for storage. If we were instead investing in an Instapot or something similar, 
then I'd have a really different plan. I maybe want a single gas burner in addition. So I hope for you everything is going well and you're able to make decisions that help you downsize while keeping your choices on things that you value. All right, y'all. Thanks again to Ronald L. Banks for joining us today. Check out his YouTube channel. We're going to put a link to that in the show notes. Ron, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. we got an added value segment today. And so stick around for this. I want to talk to you about this. Um, Our friend Derek Sivers, who we did a live event with, I think it was his first interview in like four years or something. Yeah. Yeah. We did a live event with him back in 2017. You can actually find it. I think it's episode 83. No, that's not right. 125? Uh, Dunbar's number is real. After about 150 episodes, I started losing track of all of them. (laughs) I used to have them all memorized. You're malfunctioning. I need to upgrade your uh, computer chip. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, We'll put a link to his, uh, the episode we did with him, the live event we did in the show notes, but that's not what my added value is today. He has a new book out. It's called Hell Yeah or No. It might be his best advice ever. Right. And so it's it's this essay collection. He's been working on three books concurrently over the last, I don't know, five or six years. <laughs> I feel like only Sivers could do that. Yeah. Well, he works like... <laughs> Him and maybe Seth Godin. <laughs> right. Well, even even Seth wouldn't do what Sivers does. Sivers yeah. is... He, he works like 12, 15 hours a day. And I love his writing process. His writing process is beautiful. So what he does is he writes... Uh, an outline and then he expands on the outline and gets many many pages um, of the idea down he takes those pages and he says how would I describe this in a new outline and then he just publishes the outline Mm. and doesn't like he just throws everything else away I mean it's real minimalism anyway his book and it's only available on his website sivers.org we'll put a link to it in the show notes oh good for him yeah that's awesome and I think if you buy it you get the I just bought I just bought a case of them so you uh, you can buy the physical version he also has the ebook and the audiobook that sort of come together um, and I mean, what a great advice. The, the, so his advice of hell yeah or no has to do with making decisions. And so it, he says no to everything unless it's an absolute hell yeah, I'm definitely going to do this thing. I, I have to do this thing. I'm excited about doing this thing. He also has contrary advice to that as well, when you should say yes to everything. And so he talks about that uh, as well. So uh, enjoy that book. That's our added value for this week. Hell yeah or no, the new book by Derek Sivers. And for right here, right now, real quick, there's one thing that's going on in the life of the minimalists. We now have two YouTube channels. Well, by the time this comes out. Because we're minimalists. <laughs> uh, you can subscribe to both or don't. I don't really care. Uh, but uh, if you would, if, you, if you're interested, we're moving the full episodes of the podcast. We, we spoke with some experts and, and a bunch of different people who told us to do this. And so it makes sense. It's not like we're, we're creating more. It's just, I guess, YouTube, YouTube's algorithms have been punishing us. Because what we'll do is we'll put yeah. these half hour, 45 or hour long podcasts on our main channel. And then we have short videos on on there as well and so like it confuses it's just a better experience for folks yeah and so if you would subscribe to both of those that'd be great uh the current one is going to we're going to keep putting out short videos on there so quickie episodes living room conversations all the 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 short podcasts and 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 short things that we do youtube videos that we do uh those will still be at youtube.com slash the minimalist and then we have this new channel by the time this episode comes out just for the minimalist podcast We'll put a link to that in the show notes if you check it out. Both of those are still advertisement-free. We don't monetize either one of those. We just want to add value to your life with YouTube. 
You can follow The Minimalists on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Minimalists. Ron, you are at I'm Ron Banks yes. on Twitter. Where do you on Instagram? At I'm Ron Banks. Okay. At I'm Ron Banks across all platforms. There cool. we go. All platforms. Well, you, can follow, you can follow Ron there on all those platforms. I'm Ron Banks. Uh, follow The Minimalists, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Minimalists. Come to one of our live podcast shows. Visit theminimalists.com slash tour to find a city near you. If you have a question, comment, or minimalism tip for our podcast, email a voice memo to podcast at theminimalists.com. You can comment on this episode at youtube.com slash theminimalistspodcast? I don't know. We, have, we don't have the URL yet. Anyway, youtube.com slash theminimalists. You'll find it there somewhere. And if you want, uh, uh, want our show notes in your inbox, sign up for our email list over at theminimalists.com. You'll also receive our simple Sunday emails. And if you leave here today with just one message... We hope it's this. Love people and use things because the opposite never works. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next time. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing that's just feeding your greed. Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it.